0: Hello, I'm Peter Van Dusen, and this is the Primetime Politics Podcast.
1: And This is primetime Politics on CPAC. Tonight, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau spells out how he plans to govern the country with a minority government. We'll have his press conference in its entirety. We'll get feedback from the West about the challenges facing the new government. And we'll look ahead at what to expect from the minority parliament with observers from the different political parties. That parliament will get down to business sometime in the next few weeks. The prime minister didn't give a date today, but he did announce that his new cabinet will be sworn in on November 20th. Justin Trudeau says he will work with all parties and with people from all parts of Canada, despite no longer having any MPs elected from Alberta and Saskatchewan. He says his government will move ahead with the Trans Mountain Pipeline, and his two biggest priorities will be the affordability crisis and climate change. He also said his first legislation will deal with cuts to taxes on the middle class. We'll have reactions in about 35 minutes. But first, here's the press conference in its entirety from the National Press Theatre today in Ottawa. Thank
2: you, F. Vincent. It's a great pleasure to be here, return to the National Press Theatre. It's a question of taking your questions, which is an important part of our democracy. The Canadians have sent a clear message that they wanted people to work together in the Parliament to fight climate change, to help with the cost of life, and that's exactly what I'm to do. Canadians sent a clear message that they want uh, their parliamentarians to work on things like affordability and the fight against climate change. I'm looking forward to working together with other parties uh, and getting down to work. We're going to questions. We have 30 minutes. Everyone's on the list already, so you don't have to raise your hand. If you don't have a question, I'm sorry, we don't have enough time. We'll start with Canadian Press. Good afternoon. Uh, can you talk a little bit
3: about the fact that you have no MPs elected in, Western, in two provinces in Western Canada and how you're going to manage to represent Alberta
4: and Saskatchewan in your government?
2: I think it's extremely important that uh, the government works for all Canadians. And as I have uh, endeavored to do over the past years, and as I will do even more uh, now, deliberately, I will be reaching out to uh, leaders across the country, We're reaching out specifically to Westerners uh, to hear from them. I spoke with uh, both uh, Premiers of uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan yesterday. Uh, but I'm also speaking with people, people like uh, Mirna Nahid Nenshi and others uh, to talk about how we can make sure that the concerns, the very real concerns of Albertans, are being addressed and reflected uh, by, uh, by this government. This is something that uh, I take very seriously as a responsibility to ensure that we are moving forward in ways that benefit all Canadians, and I will be listening and working with uh, a broad range of people to ensure that that happens.
3: To that end, you have promised and are in process of building the Trans Mountain expansion. There are some parties that now potentially could help keep your government in power that oppose that pipeline. Is that pipeline on the table in order to keep your government in office?
2: We made the decision to move forward on the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion because it was in Canada's uh, interest to do so, because the environment and the economy need to go together. We will be continuing uh, with the Trans Mountain Pipeline expansion.
4: Euh, j'aimerais savoir, vous avez dit lors de votre discours que vous aviez entendu le message des Québécois. C'est quoi le message que vous avez entendu lors des élections?
2: Euh, on va continuer euh, de, de travailler fort sur les changements climatiques. Euh, les Québécois veulent qu'on en fasse plus sur les changements climatiques et on va le faire. Les Québécois veulent qu'on continue à investir en, dans la culture, euh, dans la protection de la langue française. On va le faire. Les Québécois veulent continuer d'avoir euh, des voix fortes autour de la table de décision et on va s'assurer que ça se fasse.
4: Le Membre minoritaire, êtes-vous prêt à travailler avec le bloc, un parti souverainiste?
2: Euh, on est un parti farouchement fédéraliste et pour nous, l'unité du pays va toujours être une priorité. Mais il y a des, des enjeux sur lesquels, comme les changement climatique, sur lesquels tous les Québécois et bien des Canadiens sont d'accord, euh, qu'ils soient nationalistes ou, euh, ou fédéralistes, euh, ou fédéralistes, nationalistes et souverainistes, euh, ou souverainistes. En tout cas, on ne va pas tomber là-dedans. Euh, tous les Québécois sont d'accord euh, qu'il faut en faire plus sur les changements climatiques euh, et sur ces enjeux comme ça, je serais très très content de pouvoir travailler avec le bloc québécois
0: Global and please turn your phone
5: off Global. This election was a message from voters that they rejected you and your party's platform and in a sense of the last 4 years of your work A did you get
4: that message and B what are you going to do to convince voters that you're still the best person to lead this country
2: I think Canadians uh, sent the clear message that they expect uh, their leaders to work together on the big issues that matter to them, two of them being the fight against climate change and affordability, uh, cost of living for people right across the country as we work to build a better future for them all. I'm committed uh, to working on that. Fortunately, those are big parts of our platform, um, but we're also going to work with other parties to ensure that we are uh, making, uh, making the right decisions for all Canadians it felt especially in the West. In the past you said that Western alienation was just made up by politicians. Do you still believe that today? Uh, I have been very, very clear in telling Canadians from coast to coast to coast uh, that we need to recognize that Albertans and, and people in Saskatchewan uh, have faced very difficult years. Um, over these past few years because of uh, global commodity prices, because of challenges that they're facing that, you know, for a long time they weren't able to get their resources to markets other than the United States. Uh, We are moving forward to solve some of those challenges, but it's going to take all Canadians sticking together, helping out folks who are struggling in places like Alberta and Saskatchewan. Uh, This is what Canadians expect of their government and this is something that we're going to stay focused on. M. Trudeau, est-ce qu'il y a une certaine demande, en fait, des gens du Québec voudraient que vous nommiez un lieutenant politique au Québec? Est-ce que c'est une idée que vous êtes prêt à considérer? Euh, on va évidemment passer euh, beaucoup de temps dans les jours à venir à réfléchir à, à comment on peut faire mieux, comment on doit faire mieux pour servir, bien servir les Canadiens, bien servir euh, les gens de toutes les régions. Euh, on a euh, des, des semaines pour réfléchir à ça et on va prendre le temps pour euh, s'assurer qu'on, euh, qu'on reflète les désirs de ceux qui ont voté pour nous et de ceux qui n'ont pas voté pour nous. Et, euh, concernant la formation de votre cabinet, est-ce que vous avez une idée quand vous allez annoncer
4: votre cabinet et est-ce que ce cabinet sera encore paritaire?
2: Euh, oui, le cabinet sera paritaire euh, et nous allons euh, former ce cabinet euh, et euh, faire la sermentation le 20 novembre.
5: uh, Prime Minister, will you seek a formal support arrangement with one of the other parties, or do you plan to just try to manage this minority parliament on a case-by-case basis? Uh,
2: I intend to sit down uh, with all party leaders uh, in the coming weeks uh, to talk about their priorities, about how we can work together to respond to the preoccupations that Canadians have from uh, one end of this country to the other to the other. Um, it'll be, uh, they will be you know, various and varied conversations, but I can tell you it is not in our plans at all to form any sort of formal coalition, formal or informal
5: coalition. You said on election night that you felt you had a clear mandate from Canadians, but you've been reduced to a minority government and your share of the vote was reduced substantially. So, what lesson do you take from the fact? that a million voters abandoned their party from the last election to now?
2: I think Canadians sent a clear message across the election of multiple parties that affordability and uh, the fight against climate change are uh, really clear priorities that they want this Parliament to work on. They also sent a clear message that they expect uh, us as government to work with the other parties on these issues that matter to them, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Vice-Canadian.
3: Trudeau, euh, dans votre discours, l'histoire dont vous avez dit, que vous avez entendu les Québécois, et là, en réponse à ma collègue Michel, je n'ai entendu rien des quatre demandes de de M. Legault. Est-ce que votre... là-dessus, est-ce que vous avez changé quoi que ce soit votre opinion sur...
4: L'économie, l'économie.
2: Euh, j'ai eu une très bonne conversation avec Monsieur Legault hier. On va continuer de travailler ensemble sur bien des enjeux qui préoccupent les Québécois, que ce soit euh, l'immigration, que ce soit les infrastructures, les, des grands projets de transport collectif, euh, le logement. Euh, oui, il y a des enjeux sur lesquels on n'est pas tout à fait aligné mais je me suis toujours engagé de travailler avec euh, le gouvernement du Québec pour euh, essayer de répondre euh, de la bonne façon euh, aux préoccupations des Québécois. On va continuer de le faire. On a été très clair que nous voulions livrer pour les Québécois sur leurs priorités et je vais travailler avec le premier ministre Legault pour faire exactement ça. Reuter. Good afternoon, Mr. You said that you would be announcing cabinet on the 20th of November. Is that also the same day of the speech from the throne, or is that at a later no. no. date? No. We will be uh, swearing in cabinet on November 20th, uh, and uh, next decisions will be made uh, in the coming uh, days and weeks.
4: No, you said the pipeline will go ahead, but how much leeway is there in your position to perhaps build it more slowly, reduce the scope? Is there any wiggle room at all, given the fact that the three parties are most likely? To want to work with on some files or pose this
2: particular. Right now, and for too long, we have been selling uh, our natural resources to the United States at a discount. Uh, and that doesn't serve anyone. It certainly doesn't serve uh, the transition and the investments in clean energy and fighting climate change that take resources and take money to be able to do. Uh, getting our resources to markets other than the United States uh, and getting that done as quickly as possible remains uh, a priority for us. We put in place measures that allowed that project to move forward by doing more for the environment, more for oceans protection, better partnership with Indigenous peoples, uh, because we need to get our resources to markets other than the United States in a safe and secure way, and that's what the Trans Mountain Pipeline will do, and then we will be able to invest all profits and revenues uh, into this uh, green energy and uh, fighting climate change that Canadians expect us to act on. Trudeau pendant toute la campagne vous vous êtes servi des premiers ministres conservateurs provinciaux pour lancer des attaques Comment vous allez faire pour rebâtir les ponts avec ces gens-là? Je pense particulièrement à Monsieur Kenny. Est-ce que c'est même possible? J'ai déjà eu de, de bonnes conversations euh, avec plusieurs des premiers ministres conservateurs à travers le pays, euh, dont Doug Ford, euh, avec qui on a eu une conversation très cordiale. Euh, on est d'accord qu'il faut qu'on travaille sur les priorités, les enjeux auxquels font face les citoyens du pays. Et moi, j'ai toujours une approche euh, collaborative que je préfère pour travailler avec les gens, pour livrer pour ce que leurs citoyens veulent. Donnez-moi un exemple concret de compromis que vous êtes, fait à, que vous êtes prêt à faire pour faire fonctionner le Parlement et travailler avec les partis d'opposition. Je pense que les, le, le message que les Canadiens ont envoyé lundi soir euh, m'a donné beaucoup de matière à réflexion. Euh, et je m'engage à réfléchir de façon attentive et de façon profonde en consultant euh, beaucoup de gens. Sur la meilleure façon de procéder. Je pense que euh, c'est important de reconnaître euh, que les Canadiens nous demandent de mieux travailler ensemble en tant que parlementaires, et je m'engage à faire ça. Et, et on va avoir évidemment plus à dire euh, au fil de quand, que, qu'évoluent ces, ces, ces réflexions. Heather Schofield from the Toronto Star. <coughs> so as you move to accommodate
3: uh, other parties' um, demands into, into your governing, um, do, do, you, do you plan to open up the, the, the fiscal taps a little bit, or how do you plan to keep the, um, the deficit and spending under control?
2: Canadians gave me a lot to think about on Monday night uh, as they returned us in government, but with a clear requirement to work. Uh, with other parties on the priorities that Canadians spoke clearly to uh, during the election campaign, particularly affordability and the fight against climate change. Uh, And I'm going to take the time necessary to really reflect on how best to serve Canadians and how to work with those other parties. I think that's what the people who voted for me and the people who didn't vote for me expect, and I'm going to make sure that we, we get down to work by doing that.
1: Follow up, sir. Um, you've said now that you think all Canadians have to work uh, towards keeping the country together, united. Specifically, what do you expect the premiers Kenny and Mo to do, and what do you expect conservative
2: provincial leaders to do? I expect um, premiers Kenny and Mo, and all premiers, to stand up for the interests of their citizens. That's their job, uh, and. People in Alberta and Saskatchewan uh, have been suffering and struggling because of circumstances beyond their control and uh, we have, over the past few years, endeavored to be supportive. We have endeavored to get those resources to uh, new markets and we're well advancing on that. But there is more we need to do and I look forward to conversations uh, with all premiers across the country about what the next things we should be doing to better serve Canadians.
1: Um, you've applied for a judicial review of the Human Rights Tribunal decision for compensating Indigenous children. If $40,000 is too much, what price would you put on children harmed by the system?
2: I've been clear. I agree with the tribunal in the need for compensation uh, for uh, people who've been uh, through uh, horrific situations. Uh, this is something that we are going to work on. Uh, and ensure that we are delivering proper compensation. The way we did following the 60s scoop, the way we did uh, around TB, the way we did around forced relocations and day schools, ours is a government that understands taking responsibility for mistakes made in the past. But we've also committed to move forward on the historic child and family services legislation and empower and give the funding to Indigenous communities to ensure that kids in care continue to remain within their communities, within their identity, within their culture and language. That is something that is extremely important and that's what we're committed to moving forward on.
4: In order to get the compensation
0: right, you said that you would want to have conversations with partners, leaders and communities. Could you
2: elaborate on that? Uh, I was uh, pleased to have uh, good conversations this morning with both Natan Obed and uh, Perry Belgaard. Uh, we will continue to engage uh, with Indigenous leadership across the country, uh, Indigenous communities, uh, strong voices to ensure that reconciliation isn't just a word uh, that we use, but we continue the concrete actions we've taken over the past four years and do even more to make sure uh, that the partnership and respect that is so necessary as we move forward with Indigenous peoples in this country uh, is at the core of everything we do.
3: Alors, en réponse à ma collègue de TVA, que le message envoyé par les Québécois portait sur le changement climatique. Mais si on entend Monsieur François Legault, il dit que le message des Québécois portait sur la loi 21. Alors, j'aimerais savoir est-ce que vous partagez son constat Et si oui, quel message croyez-vous que les Québécois vous ont envoyé sur cette question est-ce que c'est de nature à faire changer votre position euh,
2: Ma position a toujours été très claire nous n'allions pas intervenir à ce stade-ci sur la loi 21, euh, mais je ne vais pas fermer la porte à une, une éventuelle intervention. Parce qu'un gouvernement fédéral ne doit jamais fermer la porte à pouvoir défendre les droits fondamentaux, que ce soit les droits des femmes, que ce soit les droits des francophones hors Québec, des minorités religieuses, des communautés LGBT. Euh, on se doit d'être là, de pouvoir défendre les droits.
3: Croyez-vous que les Québécois vous envoyaient un message là-dessus? Est-ce qu'ils vous ont puni à cause de ce que vous venez de répéter aujourd'hui?
2: C'était un enjeu euh, parmi plusieurs euh, dans, dans la campagne électorale. Et effectivement, nous allons euh, toujours euh, écouter euh, les perspectives avancées par différents citoyens. Euh, mais j'ai été moi-même avec 500 000... Uh, genre dans les rues de ma ville, à Montréal, uh, qui disait que la priorité, c'est d'avoir un gouvernement qui va lutter contre les changements climatiques. Et maintenant, on a un parlement où, uh, et un gouvernement où l'engagement est ferme uh, d'en faire plus pour lutter contre les changements climatiques.
3: Well, Mel, can you give us an example of a time when you were able to compromise with the other parties?
2: No, uh, I've uh, worked closely with other parties over the past four years, and will do even more so. That was the message that Canadians spent, uh, sent on, uh, on Monday night. And I look forward to sitting down with the other party leaders uh, in the coming, uh, coming weeks to talk about how we're going to get down to work uh, in collaboration with other parties
3: i have characterized your approaches in my way or the highway approach. I'm wondering if there's actually an example that shows you can take a different approach, that shows you can actually do what you're saying Canadians are expecting. I think
2: in, in a lot of the things we've done over this first, uh, first mandate, whether it was moving forward on the chi- Canada Child Benefit that lifted hundreds of thousands of people out of poverty, uh, particularly kids, uh, moving forward on a national housing strategy, moving forward on lowering taxes for the middle class and raising them on the wealthiest 1%. These are all things upon which uh, there would be a broad consensus uh, in the House uh, or a positive consensus from progressive parties. Uh, in the last parliament, um, progressive parties voted against those measures. Uh, I expect them to be able to vote uh, with us on things like the very first thing we will do, which will be putting forward uh, a bill to lower taxes for the middle class. Um, times?
5: Um, Prime Minister, you have a few vacancies in the Senate right now, a few more, on the way. How quickly do you plan to fill them? Uh,
2: we have uh, created an independent process uh, of uh, advice to the Prime Minister on filling those, uh, filling those vacancies in a responsible way based on merit and not based on partisanship. And we will uh, ensure that we're moving forward uh, in an appropriate way on uh, filling those vacancies with uh, the right people.
5: Do you still plan on changing the Parliament of Canada Act and the way it addresses the Senate? Yes. Uh, Prime Minister, uh, two quick reconciliation questions. Uh, Incarceration rates among uh, Indigenous population, Uh, the prisons have been called, the new residential schools. What bold action can you commit to, to properly addressing this file going forward?
2: Uh, we're going to continue to work with Indigenous leadership on their priorities. We recognize uh, that incarceration rates are unacceptable for Indigenous peoples. Uh, there is not a single easy answer. The answers uh, involve investments with communities and things like housing in terms of uh, mental health and medical, he- medical supports, addictions, treatments, uh, but also education, um, opportunities, infrastructure, economic development. There are many, many factors that go into this, but there's also a need to look carefully at our justice system and uh, look at how we can improve our justice system so that we are not uh, further criminalizing and penalizing specific portions of the population.
5: And what's your message to Italian Canadians who are looking for that final and formal apology in the House of Commons promise that you made uh, before the election what do you say to them?
2: I keep my promises and we will be moving forward with that.
1: Monsieur Trudeau, euh, j'aime revenir sur la loi 21, sur la question de ma collègue du Devoir. Euh, monsieur euh, Legault a dit que vous n'aviez pas la légitimité euh, d'intervenir dans une contestation euh, de cette loi-là, étant donné vos résultats au Québec. Euh, est-ce que vous, vous pensez que vous avez cette légitimité-là? Euh,
2: je pense qu'un gouvernement fédéral et un premier ministre a toujours la responsabilité de défendre les droits fondamentaux. Euh, j'ai toujours été très clair euh, sur ce point-là euh, avec les Québécois, avec tous les Canadiens. Que ce soit les droits des femmes, que ce soit les droits euh, des francophones minoritaires en dehors, euh, en dehors du Québec, euh, comme euh, on était prêt à le faire dans le cas de, des coupures euh, pour les services francophones en Ontario qui avait été annoncé. Nous allons toujours être là pour euh, pour euh, pour décider. Si on va ou non intervenir pour défendre les droits fondamentaux, c'est ce que euh, tous les Canadiens s'attendent d'un gouvernement fédéral et c'est ce qu'on va faire. Mais on ne va pas s'engager euh, à ce stade-ci. On va prendre des décisions si on va s'engager basées sur euh, les, la situation et les conditions. Mais non, je ne fermerai pas la porte et j'ai été très, très clair à ce point-là pendant la campagne, à maintes reprises, je ne peux pas fermer la porte à défendre les droits fondamentaux.
1: Sur, euh, sur vos 100 premiers jours, euh, les uh, Canadiens vont se coûter à la loupe de ce que vous allez faire. Les premiers gestes que vous allez poser, vous avez euh, mentionné un projet de loi que vous avez l'intention de déposer. Quelles sont les autres priorités pour les 100 notre, premiers
2: jours? Notre première priorité, ça va être de baisser les impôts de la classe moyenne. Euh, comme on avait promis de le faire dans notre plateforme électorale. Euh, les autres choses euh, vont répondre aux différentes priorités euh, qu'on a mis de l'avant. Euh, on reconnaît le besoin de travailler sur euh, l'aide médicale à mourir en dedans des, des six mois euh, du, du délai euh, établi par, par la Cour. Euh, on va travailler sur euh, le coût de la vie. On va travailler et avancer sur les changements climatiques. Euh, on va travailler sur les enjeux euh, auxquels les Canadiens euh, ont indiqué clairement euh, Qu'on doit travailler ensemble. CTV CTV.
4: Prime Minister Kevin Gallagher, CTV News. So, 2015, you won a majority with hope and inclusion. This election, we saw a divisive, (coughs) nasty campaign that was largely based around fear of the other opponent's agenda. How do you intend to heal the wounds that we see? Uh, along regional lines between Western Canadian provinces and the growing nationalist sentiment in Quebec?
2: I think many of us uh, regret the tone and the divisiveness and the disinformation that were uh, all too present features of this uh, past election campaign. I think Canadians uh, expect us to work together, uh, to listen to each other, to figure out a way to move forward that isn't as... Uh, divisive and um, challenging as this election was. Um, I think there were a lot of issues that weren't properly addressed. I think there were big substantive ideas that weren't fully debated uh, in, in this election campaign and I regret that and I recognize um, that much of this campaign uh, tended to be around me uh, and I do hold a bit of responsibility for that. But. This parliament and this government will be and needs to be focused on Canadians. And that means we need to work together. We need to listen to each other. We need to figure out the right path forward for every part of the country. And that is something that I am committed uh, to doing.
4: You said you've called uh, the Western Premiers. But I'm wondering, without MPs in Saskatchewan and Alberta, how will you provide regional representation in your next cabinet?
2: Uh, that's one of the things that we're going to be reflecting on in the coming, uh, uh, coming days. Uh, I think uh, any government needs to make sure that it is hearing from every corner of the country, and not all governments in history have had representations from every corner of the country. There have been different approaches uh, taken. I'm going to be uh, reflective on how we move forward in the right way, but... Uh, I have already indicated in my conversations with uh, Nahid Nenshi and my uh, upcoming conversations with people like uh, uh, Don Iveson and Charlie Clark and uh, Michael Fougere and others uh, that uh, I very much want to hear the concerns uh, that folks uh, are experiencing and the solutions that they have to put forward uh, for a part of the country that has uh, faced some very difficult times over the past years. Uh, I continued to get out to Alberta as much as I could, uh, go to Saskatchewan uh, over the past years to listen, to engage, uh, to work, and we're going to continue to make sure that every part of this country uh, sees its priorities reflected in what this government does, even if uh, we don't have members of the government uh, elected uh, in those regions. The Freelance. Prime Minister, the President of the European Union sent out a very friendly tweet
4: to you, and I'm wondering, how do you want to strengthen the EU-Canada and EU-Transatlantic relation and the multilateral Mm -hmm. multilateral approach, and will you increase foreign aid to the threshold that Canada had promised years ago.
2: Uh, uh, We are, of course, going to be continuing to work with friends and partners, not just across the Atlantic, but around the world on the big issues that matter to everyone, whether it be climate change or strengthening democracies uh, or making sure that everyone has a real and fair chance to succeed around the world. These are things that we obviously have strong alignment with uh, uh, many European friends and partners, uh, but we continue to engage around the world on these issues that do have an impact in the lives of Canadians but in all of the uh, the futures of our kids and grandkids i'm going to continue to ensure that canada is engaging responsibly and appropriately in the world. No one from McLean's? national post
5: Hi, Prime Minister. Why do you think that your party got totally wiped out in Alberta and Saskatchewan in this election? Uh,
2: I think uh, uh, there's a lot of of thinking to do on that and a lot of uh, listening to Albertans, as I have endeavored to do over the past number of years, but obviously I'm going to have to do a lot more uh, to ensure that uh, not you know, why did this happen is not the central issue we have. The central issue for me is how do we move forward in a way that responds to the concerns that uh, Albertans and uh, and Saskatchewanians have uh, clearly expressed. This is something that matters to me, and uh, we're going to work very, very hard to ensure that this government acts in ways that benefits everyone across the country.
5: Is there anything that you feel you might have done differently over the last four years to maintain a higher level of support in Alberta?
2: I think the decisions that we took over the past years have been uh, focused on the best interests of the entire country, including uh, the initiative that uh, saw us uh, purchasing the Trans Mountain Pipeline as a way of ensuring uh, that we would be able to get Uh, Alberta and Saskatchewan oil resources to markets other than the United States. Uh, We recognize that there is a a frustration with the economic challenges being faced by Albertans, and uh, my focus as a government is going to be on responding to those preoccupations the way we're going to be working to make life more affordable for all Canadians. But we need to recognize that different different parts of the country go through different challenges, and making sure we're really listening to them is something that uh, is going going to be
5: key for me. National observer. Prime Minister, the Trump administration has filed a lawsuit against California uh, challenging its cap-and-trade regime with Quebec. Would your government support Quebec in this uh, legal challenge against the Trump administration?
2: I don't know uh, the details enough of what that uh, challenge is and what impacts it will have on uh, not Ontario but on Quebec now. Uh, but it is certainly something we're going to look at very, very carefully. Quebec has long demonstrated leadership in the fight against climate change, uh, like B.C., uh, in Canada. Canada. Canada, and we're going to make sure that uh, we are continuing to fight climate change uh, across this country in uh, ways that we can.
5: And uh, you mentioned you wanted to make sure reconciliation isn't just a word. That is what many, uh, as you might know, is people have accused you of thinking. Is that something you've reflected on, of those accusations? And what do you mean when you say uh, you want to make sure reconciliation isn't just a word? Well, I
2: I have heard uh, the critiques that we need to be doing more, and I agree with them. I am impatient as well uh, about closing the gaps, about moving forward uh, on economic opportunities, on better uh, support and uh, Indigenous-led systems of support for their communities. Uh, But I recognize at the same time, Uh, that we have taken significant steps, whether it was 87 long-term boil water advisories lifted and we're on track to eliminating all of them. We have closed the funding gap. We have reached parity on education uh, in K-12 for Indigenous communities. We have moved forward in a meaningful way on a broad range of issues uh, and local successes across the country on reconciliation. But there is much more to do. And uh, I was very pleased to speak with uh, uh, with uh, National Chief Perry Bellegarde this morning who uh, highlighted again how uh, pleased he was that this past government uh, has done more for Indigenous Canadians and Indigenous communities than any government in history, but that we need to keep working and do even more. And I entirely agree. And that is going to be my focus uh, on... Indigenous relations, because no relationship is more important to me than the one with Canada's indigenous peoples. If we make it quickly, we have time for two
0: Two quick ones. So, Jason Monroe. Uh,
2: Thank you. Uh, This is a bit of a foreign policy
4: one. Uh, This past summer,
2: uh, pro-democracy Hong Kong uh, demonstrations, a bit of a backlash spilled over into Vancouver, where we had Canadian citizens uh, being threatened on the streets by pro-mainland supporters. Uh, given this and the uh, aggressive nature of the regime itself towards Canada, our agriculture, and that it's uh, day 317 for Canadians Spavor and Cobrig. Is your government prepared to take a stronger stance against China? Uh, one of the very first things I did this morning was sit down with both my chief of staff and my uh, and the uh, clerk of the Ch- Privy Council uh, to talk about uh, some of the challenges we're going to be looking at in the coming uh, weeks and indeed in the coming years. Uh, I also uh, got a full briefing from our national security and intelligence advisor uh, who addressed these issues and others. Uh, obviously, through this election campaign, I have uh, continued to keep an eye on uh, the situation around the world, including uh, the... Uh, difficult situation these uh, two Canadians who've been arbitrarily detained are facing and the 300,000 Canadians uh, living in Hong Kong uh, uh, and the concerns that we have around respect for human rights and a de-escalation there. I'm going to continue to uh, reflect and engage uh, with experts as we, uh, you know, look to move forward as a government that will continue to stand up for human rights, stand up for Canada's interests, uh, but also ensure that countries around the world continue to defend uh, the rule of law and the values that Canada stands for. And we've been pleased to see so many of our allies standing up for uh, Canadian interests and the interests of those Canadians being detained. Would
5: you be willing to go
2: to, to do something like cancel Chinese visas? As a, as, a, as a sort of a report, I something look f- I look forward to uh, sitting down with and, and checking in with our experts uh, who've been working hard over these past weeks on this China file, including uh, including Dominic Barton, our new uh, ambassador to China. And dernière, the TFU. Vous avez beaucoup attaqué, Monsieur Ford, pendant les élections. Euh, vous avez dit lui avoir parlé euh, récemment. Sur quel point vous pouvez vous entendre, sachant qu'on sait que déjà sur la question des changements climatiques, ce sera peut-être pas nécessairement le cas? Euh, on, a, on a parlé euh, des investissements que nous pouvons faire ensemble euh, dans les infrastructures, dans l'appui pour le transport collectif. Nous avons tra- euh, travaillé ensemble déjà sur euh, les enjeux du commerce international et les relations avec les États-Unis. Euh, nous nous reconnaissons et nous avons fait l'engagement de De travailler avec euh, le premier ministre Ford sur l'Université de l'Ontario francophone. Nous allons continuer de travailler avec euh, Monsieur Ford, avec euh, tous les premiers ministres des provinces euh, qui sont intéressés à collaborer avec nous. Et euh, je sais que sur plusieurs enjeux, enjeux, tous les premiers ministres des provinces euh, veulent euh, travailler euh, main dans la main avec le gouvernement fédéral. C'est juste une question de, de trouver et de développer ces enjeux-là pour qu'on puisse avancer en servant bien tous les Canadiens les langues officielles dans les six mois, est-ce que c'est réalisable Oui. Merci beaucoup. Merci tout le monde. À la prochaine. Merci. 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 Hello again, I'm Martin Stringer, and you
1: have been listening to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau speaking with reporters today in Ottawa for the first time since the election results came in on Monday night. Now, to look at what he had to say today and the new reality of a Liberal minority government, I'm joined now by observers from the different parties. Jeff Turner is a Liberal, Andrew Brander is a Conservative, and he's joining us from Toronto. And also in our Toronto studio is Kim Wright, and she is a New Democrat. All three of you, thanks for joining us.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Okay,
1: I'm going to start, I'm probably going to start with Jeff here in the studio, because uh, I want to start just by getting your reaction to what you heard today from the Prime Minister. Jeff, start with you.
4: Yeah, I think we had a really, a really good outing from the Prime Minister today. I think he struck both the right tone uh, in terms of uh, how he was addressing the nation, okay. and he hit on some of the most key information that people are hungry for as we face this uh, you know, relatively uncertain future under minority situation. I think it was the reason I say the tone was important is I think uh, folks on election night could obviously be a little bit uh, uh, dismayed by, I think, both the leaders talking over each other. They could be dismayed by campaign uh, themes still being the only thing they talked about. Here we saw a prime minister without a speech. It was just a very quick uh, remarks off the top, open to questions, answered every question he was given, and did so in a way that recognized that um, the job ahead is really difficult but also very important. And that it'll take working with both sides of uh, of the aisle in in the Parliament to make that happen
1: um Andrew Andrew Brander, what did you make of what you heard
5: today? Yeah, the Prime Minister said the right things, but I think a lot of people are questioning the sincerity of what he said. Uh, the fact is, he spent the last better part of forty days uh, dividing Canadians, chastising premiers, and uh, pinning provinces against each other. so i think I think when he was pressed on that question about how he plans to bring people together, he couldn't provide a single example of uh, how he's worked collaboratively uh, with with the other parties in the past. And the fact is, the prime minister has no intention of doing that. He's going to govern this uh, next parliament, just as he did the last one, uh, in the sense of pretending it's a majority government and hoping that things break his way.
1: Okay, um, I'm going to go to you, Kim Wright, and I'm going to actually do a second round of this same question uh, and drill down a bit more. But Kim Wright, your your reaction to what you heard today?
3: So it wasn't really surprising in terms of he said the right things in more of a right-wing type of way because he talked about going ahead with Trans Mountain. He talked about a tax cut. What Canadians were actually looking for was movement on making sure that the affordable housing plan actually goes from being yet another plan to actually implementation. We were looking to make sure that there was transit announcements and funding allocations. Beyond the rhetoric, we didn't hear anything around income inequality other than yet another tax cut, which ultimately leads to service cuts. That's not the, quite the thing that Canadians were looking for, especially in the whole uh, boogeyman of you know you can't elect a conservative government, you can't elect a Doug Ford government, uh, progressive voters coalesce around us, and yet his first words out of the gate are back to uh, pipelines and tax cuts. That's not what Canadians are looking for in a minority parliament and certainly what we weren't looking for right out of this gate.
1: Okay, um, Jeff Turner, uh, Andrew Brander makes a point. I also noticed that in his press conference, the Prime Minister said uh, there was not enough time for some substantive discussion of some very serious issues. Unfortunately, much of the focus was on me. This is the Prime Minister talking, and I, I, I regret that. But as Andrew Brander also points out, a lot of the focus was also on Andrew Scheer and other opponents. Uh, there was a, a very high level of personal or attacks on personal positions. Uh, how does the Prime Minister get? Beyond that, beyond just saying nice things today,
4: so I think it was important that he expressed um, uh, that the campaign had been regrettable in many ways, as you've just described. And I would just point out that, actually, in fact, all three major party leaders were quite divisive in their rhetoric. Mm. You know, on the Andrew Shearer side, I, I disagree that you know he was he, he would go out there and say that he ran the most positive campaign ever. That's just patently untrue. Uh, and Jagmeet Singh was, was engaged in some very divisive language himself. Now, he was unifying his supporters, but he was using it with foils on, you know, the rich and corporations and things that were, frankly, just over the top. I don't, I'm not disagreeing with his ideology and saying he shouldn't have it, but he was being very, very um, um, uh, pointed in his criticisms of people in Canada and being using them to divide it. So both parties, including the prime minister, in the way that he campaigned against Doug Ford or campaigned against conservative cuts or campaigned right. against social issues, they all did. So what yeah. Canadians kind of said on election night a little bit was a bit of a pox on all your houses, right? And I think what we saw today was the Prime Minister turning that corner, putting the campaign behind him. Probably good that he used a day in between the campaign and today to, to just settle down, think about things, yeah. go out and present a much more confident vision about how we okay. can proceed from here. Okay,
1: Andrew Rander, on that same note, one of the things that was noticed was that on election night and again the day after, Uh, your leader, um, Andrew Scheer, did say we are ready to take the government down. Uh, There was a lot of talk about we are as strong and as poised and as ready as ever uh, to take the government down and and move on when we have the chance. And a lot of people are suggesting that doesn't really spell, uh, bode well for cooperation that is necessary in in a minority government situation.
5: Well, it's nice to see. First of all, it's nice to see the prime minister acknowledge and uh, take responsibility for for the lack of uh, exchange of real ideas during the campaign. As I said, that can be attributed to uh, the fact that he liked to dredge up old issues. Uh, that were not on the on the agenda, and and debate those instead of talking about real things. And speaking of debates, let's not forget he only agreed to one English language debate during the entire campaign. So putting that aside and moving forward, now given the result and and the place that we're at, I think what what Andrew Shear's is clearly saying is that is that he uh, has a a positive vision that he feels. Um, that he was given, given a strong mandate for. The Conservatives are obviously uh, the winner. Andrew Scheer has a lot to be proud of, I should say, uh, coming, out of, uh, coming out of the election. We're the only party that increased our seats. Uh, he's the, uh, he obviously won the popular vote. Um, and those are things that, uh, that he, is, he is very proud of, uh, and that's a, that's a real mandate that he, that he has to govern on. Or, or to work with, right. work with the government to govern on. Okay,
1: well, that was my question. I mean, to what extent do you sense that there is going to be cooperation or just in a, a waiting game for when the government falls? I mean, I'm just wondering because the question is, how long is this minority government going to last? Is it, is it in, in, in it for the long run or the short run? And I'm wondering in terms of your leader, Mr. Shear, because. That's on you. The, oh, sorry, sorry point, I, yeah, I the, couldn't hear you. Martin. Yeah, the point was, though, that the, the way your leader was talking on election night, it sounded as if uh, at the earliest occasion he would like to see the government fall. He didn't sound as if he was willing to work with the prime minister. He was talking about well, the relative I, strength of his position.
5: I think it's, it's up to the Prime Minister to, to find the partners that he wants to work with uh, for, for moving forward on, on these issues. Look, if, if they're in line with, uh, with the, the priorities that Andrew Scheer established during, uh, during the election, I see no reason why, uh, why a Conservative opposition would not uh, back strong ideas. Um, But at the end of the day, let's remember, the the prime minister is still covered in this veil of uh, ethics violations and other other questionable actions that, that the opposition will continue to hold him to account for. Okay,
1: Kim Wright, in terms of the NDP, obviously, if we're looking at a minority government, a lot of the discussion is what kind of um, agreement there can be and what kind of support, on what basis the NDP can support the liberal minority government. The Prime Minister today, uh, and I think you mentioned, uh, made it very clear that this government is going ahead and the progress is going ahead on the Trans Mountain Pipeline. What do you see as possible areas for cooperation and agreement in terms of what the NDP might like to see and might be willing to negotiate with the government?
3: Well, and certainly Jagmeet Singh outlined his six priorities during the campaign. But really, we need to see meaningful action on pharmacare. We need to see actual meaningful action on Indigenous communities, getting rid of these boil water advisories, fixing the infrastructure that's in these communities to make sure that they have what would be considered proper living conditions in every other city across Canada, and not continuing to take Indigenous children to court. Those meaningful movements will go a long way in having support. But let's be clear, Canadians, whether you liked the election results or not, Voters are never wrong, and they sent a minority government to Ottawa for a reason. They want to be done with this bickering, done with the toxicity, actually move forward on issues. And you know, the maybe Andrew Scheer might have been more popular on election night, which. Great, uh, so was Hillary Clinton on election night, but it really boils down to how do you want to govern uh, and governing for Canadians with those uh, priorities in mind. And that's why I, you know, I look at this similarly to how I, I deal with municipalities across the country. It isn't necessarily about whether or not you, you're a right-wing councillor, a left-wing councillor, a right-wing mayor, or a left-wing mayor. It's about how do you find common ground and grow from there? That's what Canadians are expecting. And if you're looking at that in a realistic, honest way, that also requires the prime minister to have a very strong uh, relationship, not only with his own house leader, uh, but with all the party house leaders and and uh, and leaders' offices. Okay. But it also requires him to listen and really engage uh, with members of parliament, let them let their voices be heard, uh, hear what's actually happening. That kind of coalition and that kind of Uh, cooperation is expected, but it's really hard to do if you're acting as if you still have a majority government.
1: Okay, I want to get to something which really is pressing for the the Prime Minister. He did not announce a date for the resumption of Parliament, or the the recall of Parliament, uh, for it to sit, but he did announce a date for the swearing-in of of the Cabinet, and that will be on the 20th of November. I'm going to start Mm -hmm. with Jeff here, because of course he's got the Prime Minister's ear. (laughs) Um, The biggest challenge is... Putting together a cabinet with no representatives from Alberta or Saskatchewan. If you had to blue sky it, what do you think the prime minister should be doing? What can he do to get over that big hurdle that he has?
4: So it certainly is a challenge. I think it's actually relatively unusual as well for a leader to announce a date that they were going to name their ca- or appoint their cabinet um, in such a distance away from that date. I mean, right. normally we hear maybe right. a couple of days before. How does he get around that to so obstacle? the So I think there's a couple things at play. One, I think the length of time that we've seen uh, given until that day uh, implies that there's going to be a fairly significant significant uh, hard look not only at the cabinet and who's where and, and, and what are they going to be doing in this new formation, but also I think probably an opportunity for the prime minister and, and the senior levels of, of his uh, of his office to really connect with caucus and really work with caucus, both to get their suggestions on how to proceed, but also right. to ensure that they're trying to form the best possible any, cabinet uh, out of their team. Any
1: brilliant ideas? Though. What we're looking for is a brilliant idea of how he can get over this I obstacle. don't have anything <laughs> to add
4: that we haven't heard already in the last day or two, yeah. whether that's a senator or some kind of an advisor or appointing a, a, a member from close. Uh, I think all of those are potential options, and uh, but I think certainly he made it clear today in his comments that uh, he's going to be trying to find ways of listening. That includes the premiers. That also includes, below the premiers, mayors, community leaders mm-hmm. and people, business leaders in those provinces. Uh, so I think he's going to be very overt in how he is trying to get that feedback, whether that's through a seat at the cabinet table through mm-hmm. some special configuration Is I think we'll find out in a
5: month.
1: Okay. Andrew Brander, any idea on this situation that the Prime Minister finds himself in, in
5: terms of cabinet making? Well, Yeah, he's got a, he's got a big hole to fill. Um, it will be. It will be. I'm waiting, just like everyone else, to see uh, to see how he fills it. But it it simply can't be something that he's that he's going to ignore. It can't be. It can't be something that he chooses to just put over you know here in a box and and pretend doesn't exist. Uh, there's a real sense of uh, of that that feeling of Western alienation. Um, through uh, and two huge gaps in in those provinces that uh, that the prime minister will need to address. But I did also want to point out, um, although he did announce, as he said, a, a date for cabinet, he uh, did not announce what date the house is coming back. And I think Canadians are eager to uh, to get back to get see their see their politicians get back to work. Um, the late date of cabinet would would seem to sort of signal that. Uh, the return of the house is probably not coming until the new year. That's a really long time for Canadians to wait, um, especially since now uh, the prime minister's lost um, the ability to have the majority on committees. I know there's lots of questions in a lot of those committees that need to be answered, including uh, an investigation, further investigation into the SNCs. Uh, scandal.
1: Okay, uh, Kim Wright, uh, your thoughts on cabinet making. The Prime Minister has ruled out any formal coalition, so that would seem to rule out trying to recruit a member of an opposition party, i.e. the NDP, for example, uh, as, as a cabinet member. I'm not saying that's impossible, but it just doesn't seem very likely. Your thoughts on how, how we should approach this dilemma that he finds himself in?
3: So he also has the additional challenge, unlike under the Conservative government under Harper, where he put in a senator uh, to make sure that they had that Senate voice uh, from when they were shut out, because you have independent quote-unquote uh, senators. Uh, so that option isn't really afforded to Justin Trudeau in terms of you know, that avenue of a, of a Senate seat uh, at, at the cabinet table for Alberta and Saskatchewan. But I actually thought it was quite smart of the prime minister uh, to say we're not actually going to swear in a new cabinet until the 20th of, of November. I think it gives him a chance to take a breath, take a pause. Uh, look at what his true agenda wants to be, get to know his, uh, his new cabinet colleagues, his new caucus colleagues, but also get to know the opposition members. And he was really criticized in, in the last term of not even, frankly, knowing his caucus members uh, very well, what mattered to them. Uh, he gets to really take a reset on that, and I think that's smart, running into a legislative agenda. When he has managed to mismanage so much of the last agenda, uh, I think is is actually a good move for him. And by setting a date that the, it's this far in advance, it stops all the panels from speculating uh, about is this person in today or is it tomorrow? I think setting out a proper legislative agenda with input from all of Uh, the Parliament. I actually think it should be his first order of business. Uh, Whether it will be or not, uh, that's a whole different story. But Canadians really want uh, the Prime Minister and Cabinet and the Parliament to get down to actual work and not just sniping.
1: Okay. Well, on that note, we're going to have to wrap it up. But the interesting thoughts, we will watch with great interest. We'll see when we do know a date for the resumption of Parliament. Um, Kim Wright, Andrew Brander, and Jeff Turner, thank you very much for taking part. Thanks for uh, being with us.
4: Thank you,
5: Martin. Thanks, Martin.
1: Well, as you've been hearing, the discussion in the wake of the federal election is more and more now touching on Western anger, alienation, and even talk of Western separation. The Trudeau Liberal government finds itself in that difficult position after the election of having lost all of its MPs from Alberta and Saskatchewan. Today at his press conference, Prime Minister Trudeau said he will continue to try to reach out to Canadians in the West.
2: I have been very, very clear in telling Canadians from coast to coast to coast uh, that we need to recognize that Albertans and and people in Saskatchewan uh, have faced very difficult years um, over these past few years because of uh, global commodity prices, because of challenges that they're facing that, you know, for a long time they weren't able to get their resources to markets other than the United States. Uh, We are moving forward to solve some of those challenges, but it's going to take all Canadians sticking together, helping out folks who are struggling in places like Alberta and Saskatchewan.
1: Now, Prime Minister Trudeau also mentioned at that same press conference that uh, having spoken over the past 24 hours with the Alberta Premier Jason Kenney and Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe, and he said he would be talking to the mayor of Edmonton Don Iverson. Well, we've placed a call to Don Iverson, the mayor of Edmonton. He's on the line right now. Uh, mayor Iverson, thanks for joining us. Pleasure. Um, okay, we are preempting the Prime Minister in, in, in a way, um, but when he talks to you and if he asks your advice on what he can do in the short term to try and address this issue of alienation, of anger, and of his lack of representation in the West, what, what's your advice to him?
0: Well, I think, um, you know, having worked closely with Minister Amarjeet Sohi, who had the file of completing the pipeline and unfortunately was defeated and and had been uh, one of our important cabinet voices in Ottawa, uh, having looked him in the eye and said, Do you really intend to build this pipeline? Uh, Minister Sohi said, Yes, absolutely. And I asked the same question to the Prime Minister, and he said, Yes, absolutely. And so uh, two thirds of the country, more or less, voted for uh, expansion of that pipeline, and a different two thirds of the country, voted for strong action on climate change. And I think the signal from Canadians that we can pull out of this is that we need to do both. We need better energy infrastructure for products that are being developed today for uh, consumers who demand them while we make an energy transition to a lower carbon future. And, you know, city halls have been pragmatically tackling question for many years. And the country is going to have to rise to that challenge and meet those those, uh, those different issues that are not at odds, but have become political football. So if we can get the pipeline question settled, that will go an awful long way, while at the same time doing what we must to meet the global climate crisis.
1: How do you deal with, you talk about political footballs, how do you deal with it when you talk about the, you know, first of all, Amarjeet, so he is no longer there as your interlocutor, so that's one difficulty, but also when you talk about the level of rhetoric, you're in a, in a part of the world where people are accusing the Prime Minister diversely of, of being a hypocrite or buying the pipeline to, to nix the project. What do you say to people? Uh, I mean, today he said that the Trans Mountain Pipeline will go ahead whatever you think about it, but he said that it is going to go ahead. So what do you say to fellow Albertans about the the level of mistrust and anger and different versions of reality that people have?
0: Well, I think there's a lot of different versions of reality. If you talk to uh, 10 Edmontonians, you'll find three or four who really hate me and the things that I'm doing as a leader, and yet I still, you know, have a mandate to serve here. So it's a democracy, and we disagree using our words, thank goodness, and, and uh, you know, so there's anger and there's venting happening. I don't think or, or believe that it's going to amount to much. I think it, uh, now is the time really for leaders to be pulling the country together with solutions rather than, rather than you know, bellicose rhetoric. And I think a number of the premiers have said, you know, let's roll up our sleeves and work together to solve these problems. And I think parliament now has to take more of a city hall-like coalition building approach given its minority structure, uh, which is the kind of work I have to do as a mayor every day. So, uh, you know, I think, I think we can share a lot about the culture of getting things done transparently and openly collaboratively. That's why Canadians trust local governments the most in every survey we've ever seen. And so, um, you know, we're happy to happy to lend advice and support. Uh, and of course, we meet with the Prime Minister regularly as mayors. Uh, and so there are other touch points besides cabinet members to keep, uh, keep in contact with what's happening on the ground. And I look forward to hearing from the Prime Minister this week.
1: When you hear um, uh, Alberton and Saskatchewan Politicians talking about the rise of, of Western separatism. What do you think?
0: Well, I, I think they've encouraged some of it, quite frankly, and and I uh, so I think now that they're discouraging it and saying, realizing that we do need uh, a country. Uh, to with ports to get our resources to i mean we also need those ports to be open to our resources so we need to be able to have mature conversations as a country uh, about resource policy and about infrastructure to uh, connect our products to markets in the most environmentally responsible cost effective and safe way possible unfortunately things have flared up around this this pipeline conversation but we need to have a much deeper conversation about how we move goods around this country uh, and And unite behind our economy and its opportunities, um, both its relevance today as a conventional energy producer, but you know we're great energy problem solvers here in Alberta. we're great water problem solvers here in Alberta, and those are relevant skills to a a world going through a huge transition about climate change.
1: Um, I guess the the question begs, and that is also you talk about the importance, the the central importance of getting the pipeline up and running, the Trans Mountain Pipeline. The Prime Minister is committed to continuing to try to do that. Um, Are you confident that it will go ahead? Because there's still questions about the construction, about the timelines, uh, about further challenges to it. Uh, Are you confident that it will go ahead?
0: You know, I, I served uh, at Edmonton City Hall with Amarjit Sohi for nine years. He's one of the most honourable people in public service. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I mourn his loss for a variety of reasons. Um, uh, but, uh, but I trust that the work that he has done in the last uh, year or so in his time on that portfolio uh, will get the job done. Uh, and, uh, and, and that he was sincerely uh, on that mission on behalf of Canadians and Albertans.
1: Is there anything else you would tell the Prime Minister in terms of uh, reaching out to Westerners beyond the pipeline and the obvious uh, the energy politics in terms of this absence that he now has a representation in Western Canada? I know you mentioned the importance of other interlocutors like yourself and mayors.
0: Well, I think, you know, I have to give this prime minister credit for traveling to Alberta, uh, even as people uh, talked about uh, Western alienation, even as people speculated that uh, that he would lose seats here. And the smart political strategy, I suppose, the the mercenary strategy would have been to, to write off Alberta. But he kept coming here and he kept meeting with us and he kept meeting with business and community leaders here, and I would encourage him to continue to do so and to be seen here and to be engaged uh, with a variety of uh, governmental voices, provincial, municipal, and Indigenous, uh, in order to um, uh, calm waters and stay engaged. He is the Prime Minister of the whole country, after all. He does have that mandate constitutionally and democratically. I respect that, and he'll always be welcome here.
1: Okay, Don Iveson, thank you very much for taking the time. Pleasure. That was uh, Edmonton Mayor Don Iveson speaking to us. Uh, and that is it for this edition of Primetime Politics Tonight. I'm Martin Stringer. On behalf of all of us, thanks for watching.